0: back to I'm trying the podcast it's your host Emily and we have another solo chat coming at you just to set the scene as I usually do for these solo episodes it's a Monday night I had a I took a hot yoga class that absolutely kicked my ass I felt disgusting and sweaty but absolutely amazing afterwards came home showered put on my comfy clothes, made, heated up some leftover soup for dinner, and dipped sourdough in it, and ah, it was just, I, guys, I'm so content right now. Um, It was a hard last few days, or not hard, but just kind of rough, emotional, mentally rough days, but I feel like this was just the perfect, or ideal, I should say, ideal end to a Monday night. Um, So yeah, I'm feeling pretty good right now, but I wanted to come on and chat on the solo episode about... Just something that I was jotting about in my notes app on my phone the other day, and I thought it was an interesting topic, something that I've been naturally talking about more and more with friends and people on, you know, connections with Instagram, and it's the topic of triggers and frustrations in just rough times. (laughs) I've talked to a few others, and as you all know, if you've been listening to the recent podcast episodes, October has really been... Not really, but it's been testing me, you know? I had a really rough year of 2022. September was, like, amazing, and I thought that would carry into October, but alas, October's been a little bit challenging, but, you know, sleep deprived. (laughs) But we're doing it. But why, why that all correlates to today's topic of triggers and frustrations is that this is honestly much more of a important topic and struggle than I ever originally gave thought to and it's only been coming more and more into my mind and into my life in recent months as I've started to you know really dive into the work of feeling better in my mind body and spirit right really honing in on my mental and emotional health for once in my life (laughs) and so I've listened to lots of podcast episodes I've read books you know I've I've gotten all the resources, and I've listened to lots of things, but now it's been about formulating my own thoughts and realizations and things to share about the idea of triggers and frustrations and all of that. So let's dive in. I'm going to have a little bit of my backstory of, you know, my experience with these things, also how I'm working through it, what's been coming up for me, and then any resources that I do have. So stay tuned. It's not going to be too long of an episode, but I do think this is an important topic to think about and hopefully you listening to me ramble on about it, <laughs> uh, pro, you know, provoke something, not provoke, I don't want to provoke you. Hopefully that prompts <laughs> something, uh, you know, in your own mind and gets you pondering and thinking about it. So let's let's dive into that. So to start out, I will say just straight off the bat, I have... A shorter temper I think Um, which has always been kind of interesting because I can be very patient but I can also be very impatient I'm very quick to temper or I have a very slow burn and then I have insane outbursts Uh, I always use a joke it's like my Italian heritage and maybe it is but also I grew up with a dad that bless his heart I love him so much he's a great dad he was a very reactive dad He was a very temperamental dad, you know? And his outbursts and his anger was never directed at my brother or I, but it was just always directed at life, you know? Like, every little thing set him off. And I think that's also a personal thing for him, you know? But I just, I grew up, and maybe some of you can relate, I grew up, growing up with a reactive parent (laughs) really uh, forces you to grow in many ways. And for me, at least, it felt like I was always on my toes, trying to stay ahead of the game so to speak so that I was keeping him keeping these instances from happening that would set him off but because but still you know I grew up watching and experiencing him with this sort of sort of short temper impatience and once again he could be super patient super grounding he was always great with my brother and I but it would be life things you know when driving or if something went wrong with a project he was working on or if his sports team loss are just little things that we could just blow up out of proportion. And thankfully, you know, he and I are now working on his, this reactiveness of his. Um, I'm teaching him breath work and how to take a deep breath and do some breathing before he feels an outburst coming on. So yay for growth. But going back to the story, that being said, I grew up with that. And it is now something that I, as an adult, am realizing I have picked up. Correct, right? And maybe some of it is in my blood. Who knows? I mean, I'm Italian, I'm English, I'm Austrian. Um, What else am I? What the fuck else am I? Oh my God, I'm blanking right now. Sorry, family. (laughs) But anyways, I'm, I'm like a mix of four different things. And sure, maybe there's a little bit of short temper, quick fuse, whatever in that mix. But I really do think most of it comes from lifestyle, childhood, and what you're raised with. And so I saw that portrayed, but I could never portray that myself. And so I feel like it built up over time. And so now I'm an adult. And with that comes my own reactivity and my frustration and quick temper and reactiveness to things around me. And so I've been working on this in therapy for a while now. But as I'm really diving into doing this work, a big thing for me in this journey has been A learning you know the art of mindfulness and really like presence so taking those deep breaths and learning how to be how to pause before reacting learning how to i don't know really take a deep breath before letting my you know fuse go off or even just the act of even if i am in an angry built-up frustrated state checking in with myself and letting that like self-awareness kick in of emily do you really want to be experiencing this right now? Like, you have a choice in this moment. You can choose to stay mad and frustrated and angry and triggered, or you can choose to take a deep breath, step aside, go outside, use any of your coping tools to remedy this situation. And so, right, those are all things I'm working through. And I can talk about those a bit more too. But um, going back to the trigger part of it, one one of the more tangible like physical things that i've been working on lately is understanding what physical triggers are setting off my reactive moments and i found that a lot of this is happening here at home for me in my apartment i live alone with my dog and my three cats so not really alone <laughs> there's always somebody by my side but regardless i have a pretty good size space so it's not like we're all like cramped in on each other but Still, still, that being said, I find myself getting so frustrated and reactive and just triggered when I come home, you know, usually from work, or even if it's just been a long day of working from home. And it was just, it's starting to bother me because I know this isn't me at my core. I know, I just, I have this deep knowing and feeling that like, this isn't me. It's something I've picked up over time It's something I've picked up from, you know, my childhood. And so I really do want to do the work and find a way out of it because I I don't want to live like this. Nobody wants to live like this where you feel constantly triggered and reactive and worked up and all that, you know? Beyond the more mental, emotional side of things that I'm working through, I want to share about this physical practice I've been doing lately that's been super beneficial. And I was talking about it with a friend the other night and she was like, oh, wow, I never would even... I never even thought to do that and I wouldn't think to do that but now I might try so I thought it might be worth trying or sharing so what I've been doing is that I've been walking through my apartment or different parts of my apartment you know kitchen living area bedroom bathroom closet whatever it is and I would pick an area pick a night where I was feeling like a little bit frustrated a little bit triggered you know just kind of off and I would ask myself what is triggering me in this room? What is a possible frustration that could occur? And what I mean by this is, now we all know how this happens, right? Something bigger is causing the issue, but for some reason, it's the fact that your clothes are on the floor, or this isn't put away, or the countertops filled with stuff. It's the little little things like that that set you off, right? Like, you're simmering and brewing inside with whatever inner turmoil is actually happening but what actually causes the reaction what actually causes you to scream fuck and to want to punch a wall and just be filled with this like frustration anger whatever it is it's those little things or it's how you have to open this door and bend down and do this just to get the cat food or how you have to push this aside and put that there every time you sit down to eat, right? It's these little things that just push us over the edge. And so I've been calling those triggers. I think we're much more used to like mental, emotional triggers, right? Like for those of us with body image issues, if somebody comments on our appearance or how we've changed or anything like that, our body shape, that can be triggering. Um, you know, if you have depression or anxiety, certain phrases or instances can be triggering. And then if you just live with general struggles, I think any of us can relate to these physical triggers as or so I call them. So for instance, the one day I was working my closet and I said, what triggers me about this room? What frustrates me when I'm in a bad mood? And what usually causes me to just be like, fuck this. And I noticed that there were a few little things, right? And the one was how in my closet, in the one corner are the cat litter boxes, which is unfortunate, but I have no space else in my apartment. Thankfully, like, I use a really good litter. And then the other half is all my closet, right? And I hated how every time I wanted to get to my t- this, like, big open section where I keep a majority of my clothes, I had to cross over like this walk this little area and the cats would always spill litter there and then the litter would get my feet and then that really agitates me because I'm sensitive to sensory things. <laughs> like feeling. Like I am very sensitive to certain feelings or like things on my body or like touch, touch stuff. Like touch touch sensory can really be a hit or miss moment for me. And so I've put carpets down, I've done other things to help control like the litter issue, but it would still frustrate me every time I had to walk over there and get litter on my feet and then like, I'd, yeah, you get the point. And so I thought, <laughs> why not shift, I have this other big open cabinet space where I just held like household goods, you know, like towels and toilet paper and all that like, extra stuff and shoes, whatever it was. And this was just the natural layout I did when I first moved into my apartment a year ago. I started to think, I was like, okay, well, those things could truly go in other places of the apartment, you know, like they could go in that cabinet in the bathroom and that could go out actually in the closet in the living room. And then if I clear those shelves, I could move everything over here. So that way I don't have to walk across my closet. I don't have to worry about getting like litter on my feet. And then I won't have that sensory issue pop up and trigger me. And this might be a very specific niche example, but it's it's an example. And everybody's example is going to be niche and specific to them. So I'm sharing this just to show you like how specific you can get with it. In another instance, in my bathroom, um, I, I always, you know, if I put on like shorts and a t-shirt in the morning while I'm doing my morning stuff and then I have to get ready for work, I don't want to put those clothes back in my closet because you know, I'm wearing them for the day. So I'd get ready for work, change my outfit. And then before I would always just keep those clothes on my bathroom counter. But I realized when I asked myself that question of what's triggering me about this room and this system, I was like, I hate clothes on the counter. Like I hate how it's taking up space. And sometimes they get wet from the sink. And then like they, having them there covers up and takes away space from all my like makeup products and skincare and then it's just so crowded And you can see how I was starting to like spiral, right? And how that like little thing of my clothes being on the counter, just like one pair of shorts and a t-shirt was causing me agitation. And this was agitation that would happen every single time I was in an off mood and had to go into my bathroom and be around that counter space. And so it hit me the one day. So when I asked myself that question, I thought, well, let's just put a hook on the wall and I'll hang my clothes there my comfy clothes and then that way in the morning when I'm changing for work I put my comfy clothes on the hook and then when I come home from work I put my work clothes in the you know laundry bin and then I get my comfy clothes off the hook and voila problem solved and I know it might sound stupid simple but I swear like if you're like me at all in which you just you have a lot going on in life or maybe you just have a lot going on inwardly these little things can just truly make such a difference if they are consistently agitating you, triggering you X, Y, Z. And so I'm I'm currently, I'm continuing this process and I'm trying to work through like every room of my apartment, but it's kind of slow going because, you know, finding these solutions sometimes is free, you know, it's just about rearranging things, but other times it is about like investing in equipment, you know. So for my bathroom and closet, I had to get new storage bins to st- Organize some things. I got hooks. I got a new little like bath mat thing to help with water spilling from my shower. I got some more organizational things. And, you know, so it added up to about $100 on Amazon. And I don't know about you, but I, you know, I make good money, but I also live in Austin, Texas on my own and I'm paying like 2000 in rent. So <laughs> extra money, I, I do budget sparingly. And so I kind of met my quota for this month of how much I wanted to spend on extras for Amazon. So now I will wait until November to start organizing and sort of doing this like process with my bedroom. And then I hope to move on to my living room in December and so forth, you know? So I also wanted to put that out there just so you you know don't think you have to do this all at once or you're listening to this and you're like, yes, but Emily, that's going to cost me money and I don't have money right now. I hear you, I see you do what you can. Okay. That's, that's all we can do. All we can do is try and do our best. So I I wanted to talk about this before, but I really just jumped into things there. Why I've been, you know, passionate about this idea of triggers and frustrations and working on this all. And what I want to preface as well is that I'm not saying triggers are always a bad thing and that you should avoid them or run from them or anything like that. I actually think triggers show us what we need to work on. And for me, right, these triggers in my physical space are showing me that I really do want to work on my organizational skills. And I know for me personally, I need a clean space to have a clean mind or not even clean, a clear mind, right? If my space is scattered and disorganized, every time I'm in that space, my mind and my energy is picking up on that disorganized, scattered energy. And maybe that sounds a little bit woo-woo or, you know, over-the-top spiritual, but it really does make a difference. And so for me, these physical triggers have been showing me, you know, hey, Emily, let's, <laughs> let's work a bit on organizing things. You know, you're in this apartment for, I resigned my lease, so I'm here for another 14 months now. Like, it's about time that I take time and money to invest in pieces and systems that are going to keep my space organized more clear, and hopefully help me with this like overwhelm trigger sensation I'm having. Then when it comes to the more mental, emotional, like situational triggers, which I think most of us are much more acquainted with, those are also an opportunity to ask yourself, A, what is triggering me here truly? And B, why is it triggering me? And those are two very important questions. Because as I said before, A, there might be triggers that were are very plain and open to us. We easily see them as that. But there are others that might be a bit more hidden. You know, they might be a bit more below the surface. And it could be as simple as, you know, somebody says something and you you correlate that trigger response to them. And you're like, I'm so triggered by Susie, or implant, any name there. But are you really triggered by her or them? Or are you triggered by what they just said? You know? That's a super simple example, but it's just something to think about. And then the question of why is this triggering me or why is this affecting me is very, like probably most important in my eyes, right? Because that correlates to so much more. I mean, once again, the more surface level ones of something I think a lot of us have experienced, right? Like comments about weight or body shape or body size or appearance or career, things like that can be triggering and we can easily see why they are. But then there are other things, right? Like I oftentimes get triggered by, I don't know. I found for a while I was getting triggered by very specific questions. Like my family would always ask like, so what are you up to now? Or like, how's work going? Or like, What's, what are you doing? What are you up to now? Right? And that seems like a harmless question. But for me, as a college dropout, as someone that's been trying to make it on my own for years, as someone that's been doing Instagram and then part-time jobs and networking and connecting for about four years now, while I've been very successful, and I'm actually pretty fucking proud of where I'm at in life and where I've been, I also know for a fact that nobody in my family over the age of 25 understands like what I'm actually doing. And, you know, I've heard the comments in passing and I I know it's like that mindset of like, oh, that's sweet. You know, she does social media and she works at a restaurant and blah, blah, blah. And so I internalize, internally get triggered by that comment question because of my own internalized, like limiting beliefs and fear mindset, right? Because I, I know I'm proud of what I'm doing, but I still feel this sort of unease that like I have to explain myself to others and that I have to show and explain that like what I'm doing is actually important and I'm helping people and I'm working hard and I'm actually working on really cool shit, you know, and that I'm making my way in the world without the normal societal standards and constructs. And, and while I know that, I just still feel like I have to explain that to others and show that to others and prove myself to others. And so they ask this question and who knows where their intentions are with it, but it it gets so triggering to me. And it took me a while to realize, like, oh wow, that's because some part of me still feels like I need to show, show up for them, and that I need to prove myself to them and that I have to, you know, make it sound like I'm making it in the world when they don't understand so that's just one example of how something could go a bit deeper than you might originally or initially realize and you know it takes time and instances to really hone in on that and discover it but it is important to realize and so beyond all that being said i did want to share a few more of the sort of mindset mental health emotional health practices I've been doing to work on this experience and situation as well as I mentioned before one of those is the art of pausing <laughs> and I think I talked about this in a, another solo episode as well but as I've been working through my breathwork certification and entering like re-entering meditation and yoga into my life I have been finding my finding myself a lot more grounded and calm And because of that, it's been easier for me to hone in on this sort of practice of pausing. Like I said, I've always been very reactive, saying the first thing that comes to mind, doing the first thing that comes to mind, almost like impulsive to a sense, especially with like buying or decisions or saying yes to things. But I have learned over time to incorporate that practice of pause and to Take a moment to reflect, to think, to just breathe, and let yourself decide from a very intentional space. And as I said before in another solo episode, sure, there are times where you're just shooting the shit with a friend, and you're just letting your like your tongue's just rolling. You know, you're just saying, you're just speaking, you're channeling, you're flowing, and that's great. That's amazing. That's phenomenal. Same thing goes for movement, right? Sometimes you're just in the mood, and you're going, and you're hustling, blah, blah, blah. But then there's also time to invite that space to pause. And specifically, when you are experiencing these moments and situations of frustrations, you know, anger, triggers, unease, whatever it is, those are the moments in which it can be really easy to get caught up in the moment, you know, and you just kind of find yourself on this hamster wheel. And I really think the emotions I'm talking about here, we we all know how quickly they can spiral out of control, you know, and how if you don't really take the time to pause and work your way out of it, they can last hours, they can last days, they can, you know, really make an impact on different areas of your life if you don't do something to really put a pause in place. And so, Lately, when I do find myself in those reactive stages and states and emotions, I've been trying to find that awareness within me to pause and to check in with myself. What's going on? Like, Emily, what is happening right now? What's hurting your heart? What is on your mind? Do you want to stay in this state of frustration, anger, trigger, whatever it is? Or do you want to pause and try to work through it? And I never want to stay in it. I mean, maybe some part of me does. I think we've all had those times where it's easier to stay in a low emotion than to do the work to get back into that sort of high vibe mindset or even neutral, right? My mom always used to say it's easier to smile than frown. And I always used to bargain like, or barter, like, no, it's more natural to frown when I'm upset than it is to smile, right? And we both have our truths there. It's not about being toxically positive, but it's also about, you know, about how long am I going to pout about this? How long am I going to be angry and furrow my brows, you know, and stomp around, right? And Yeah, it's important to feel those emotions. Let yourself have them for a bit. But where this used to be something, you know, I'd get in the state and I would stay in it for like a full day. And I'd be just angry and fuming. I'd come home from work and every little thing would set me off. And, you know, I'd, I'd yell at Timber for no reason. Or I'd slam a door. Or I'd just be huffing and puffing. And just, I don't know. It's, that's not how I want to be. It's one thing to do that for an hour or two and just let yourself feel an emotion. But it's like, are you working through it? Or are you just shoving it down? Are you just staying stuck in it? So these are just all important things to raise awareness about, ask yourself about, bring up in therapy, like journal about, whatever you can do, I just want to bring, I want to raise all of our awareness around this thought process and this this experience, you know, this human experience. And I'm not perfect, I still have days where I'm just so pissy and, you know, I get mad at my cat for jumping on the table while I'm trying to eat, you know, because I'm just so spent and her jumping up there and trying to steal the avocado off my plate is just the last straw and i'm like get the fuck away from me please and then later i feel bad you know because she's just a clueless little fur baby she's not clueless she knows exactly what she's doing but you know she's just an innocent sweet soul and she doesn't deserve me my angry outburst right but you know i have that conditioning from childhood I have that conditioning from other societal things, so I don't know, guys. I think I think a lot of us probably experience this struggle with this. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe I really am just an inner bitch. Who knows? But I am trying, and I am doing the work, and I'm I'm working through it. And so, if you are too, I hope this episode, this chat, brings you something to think about, gives you some relief. Um, yeah. I'm sure I could probably take this a few more directions and keep going, but I'm actually starting to get a little bit tired. (laughs) I think a long day and heated yoga really took it out of me, so I'm going to call it quits, get this edited, and get it scheduled for posting, but I appreciate you all for listening through and coming back week after week, or maybe it's just every couple weeks, who knows? Um, But yeah, and any support goes a long way for the show, so if you can share with a friend share on social media or even just send me a message like let's connect I love to chat about the episodes um or not about the episodes but about the topics you know because I get to have these one-sided conversations into the mic but I don't I don't get any feedback you know or response back so it's always nice to connect so that's all but enjoy I'll talk to you all next time goodbye